Come on, good morning. I want you to give a hand clap right now. Let's get excited. Let's give God all the praise and all the glory. I'm so glad you decided to tune in. If you're new with us today, please text me at 702-727-8280 or just put new in the comments. And I love that even last week someone said, I'm new, and we were able to connect. Also, I want to know where you're watching from. All right, come on. I know our host mentioned it, but I want to know where you're watching from. So tell me currently, where are you watching from? Are, are you in Vegas? Are you in your home? Are you driving? I mean, maybe you, you, I hope you're not driving, all right? But tell me where you're watching from. Now, we're in a new collection of talks entitled Change People, Change the World. And I hope you're enjoying this series, this collection of talks. But I believe this. I believe that change people can change the world, but it starts with us. That I believe we can make a difference, but it starts right here with me, with you. And so comment in the comments today if you are ready to change the world, if you're ready to make a difference. I want you to get going today. We're getting interactive today because I love social media. I love Facebook. I love Instagram. I kind of look at you know other platforms, but man, I love social media. And I want you to use social media to take notes, but also tag me, all right, at Jeremy Bosba. I got no shame right here, all right? I, I want to be connected to you even more in this journey that we're in. But anytime you comment, Anytime you share, it is making a huge difference online. So tag our church, Avenue LV Church. But here's what I love. I love posting. I love connecting. I love seeing what's happening in your world. But I have realized that more and more, there's a dangerous side to social media. Just like learning about some major family news on social media, Jenna, you know, or, or, or even the biggest danger yet is getting your news source from a post of a repost who posted over here, and it gets confusing. But all kidding aside, that we have instant access to information. Think about it. It's called Instagram. Insta means instant. That I have some churchy words for you to say. The first one is omnipresent. This is a character of God, which is the quality of being present at all places. This is how God can speak to you. He could speak to me. He could speak to someone in Europe all at the same time. But also, God is what we say omniscient, which is the quality of being all-knowing. He knows all things at all times because He is God. Now, you might be saying, what, what in the world does this have to do about Instagram and Facebook? And now you're talking about two characteristics of God. Because here's the danger of social media. It gives us the persona, gives us the perception that we are everywhere at once, that we now know everything at all times. Listen to me. Today, we are not like God. We cannot handle the massive amount of information from everywhere and at all times. Our minds cannot handle it. Therefore, our hearts become full of despair. I'm here to tell you, when we lose vision, we lose hope. We're swayed and we're dismayed by the massive amount of information overload. There's not that much good news on the local news. But I'm here to share with you guys today, this is not the year of overload, but a year of overflow. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching better than you're typing. Come on, what else can I say, right? But I, I am so glad for God's word that there's clarity and there's focus in God's word. 
Now, I saw a great formula this week, and the formula is D equals S minus M. D equals S minus M. And here's what it stands for. It stands for despair equals suffering when you minus meeting. And a lot of us, we're going through this right now. But if we don't know our why, if we don't know why we're going through what we're going through, if we don't have any vision for our life or purpose for our life, we're going to fall into despair. Despair comes when we suffer without meaning, without purpose. Friends, I'm here to share with you guys today that we cannot lose our why during this time, that we cannot grow weary in doing good, that we quit and we give up, that we're going to make a difference, whether it's online, whether it's in our small groups, whether it's on Zoom or at our watch parties. Matt, even a small group this week handed out granola and water. Listen to me, church. We will reap a harvest, and Jesus will build his church. We cannot allow the news, our opinions to sway me. I cannot allow fear and the news to dismay me because I am a child of God. I am in the hands of God. And so the title of today's talk is, I'm neither swayed nor Dismay. Come on. I want you to type it in the comments today. Yeah, come on. I'm neither swayed nor dismayed. I want you to go ahead and even tag a friend today and say, we are neither swayed nor dismayed. In the chaos of everything, I refuse to have despair. Now, despair means to lose all hope. And when we lose all hope, we forget to connect and to be the bridge. We forget to love people. We simply forget who we are in Christ. You know, last week we learned about Saul's conversion when Saul later became Paul. He became a bridge to the Gentiles. He wrote most of the New Testament, but then the book takes a complete turn back to Peter. Now, Herod was the cousin of Herod who crucified Jesus. He was arresting Peter because the Jews were mad at Peter because Peter was being a bridge to the Gentiles. And so a bridge we learned last week is connecting one side to another side that we choose to be bridges rather than a ditch. So make sure you watch last week's message. But come on, church, we choose to love people. But this is how relevant the Bible is for today. That Peter, come on, I don't know if you're catching this. Peter was eating with those that were not accepted, not even culturally accepted. He ate with people who didn't look like him, those who didn't believe like him. And he said, you can accept Jesus as you are. He was a bridge. Some great news, but that Jews were upset. And so here's what it says in Acts chapter 12, in verse uh, 1 through 5. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And this says this, And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This is during the days of unleavened bread. This means this is the place where all the Jews are together for a festival. They're all in one place, intending for the Passover to bring him out to the people. Herod wants to kill Peter. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Come on, church, we are better together. We are in this together, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by 
the church. So if you're taking some notes today, and I encourage you to get your phones out, get a notepad out. I want you to use the comments for notes even. I want you to share this video today and use that for your notes. But I have a couple questions for you today that I really will think, that I really think will give us perspective during the season. And so here's the first question I'm going to ask you today. Who are you trying to please? Who are you trying to please? I'm going to get into your mess today, all right? I want to get to you today because I want to ask you, who are you trying to please? Now, this is a tough one for me because I love people, but I really want people to like me as well. I'm a wooer on the leadership scale. I will try to win you over, all right? Even if that's a smile under that mask at Walmart, all right? I will do anything I can to just have people have a great day. You know, my wife, Pastor Lindsay, she has to remind me at times when we're out public, she's like, hey, listen, Jeremy, not everyone knows you're a pastor. You're creeping people out because I am in a pursuit of loving people. But listen to me, in the pursuit of loving people, I must focus on pleasing God. I must focus on pleasing God. You see social media, friends, family, those that are close to us, are we willing to allow them in their lives only if they please us? Let me take it a step further. Are we only willing to be a bridge to those that only believe what we believe? Or otherwise, are we going to burn that bridge? And here we find Herod, and he is found in verse 3, and he says this, And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, another translation says swayed. He was swayed by the Jews. He proceeded to arrest Peter also. He wanted to please the crowd that he wanted to gain popularity in the polls. But I have found that many of us were guilty of the same thing, but we just do it in different ways. See, often our actions are determined by who we're trying to please. You know, I remember when my wife was pregnant with Levi, and uh, man, I wanted to serve her. I wanted to please her. I wanted to be a great husband, right? I wanted to make it in the husband of the year, Times Magazine, you know? And uh, one night, it was late, and there was, you know, it was nearly bedtime. And also my pregnant wife looks at me and she goes, I got a craving for chocolate cake. And uh, I looked at her and I said, babe, me too. Me too. And I, I said, okay, I'll go to the store right now because we didn't have any chocolate cake in the house. I said, I'll go to Smith's or Costco or I'll go somewhere that's 24-7. I'll get us some chocolate cake. And she said, uh, no, I want, I want like, like baked from home cake, like homemade cake, not store-bought cake. I said, babe, okay, I'll go to the store and get eggs and butter. I'll make that cake for you. I'm here to please you, baby. But also, I wanted some cake, too. And so then she kind of talks her out of it, and she goes, you know what? No, I'll just go to bed. And she went to bed, and I stood there in my kitchen, and I said to myself, I want some cake. See, if you want to please people, you will do anything in order to please them to be accepted by them, to say what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. Now, listen to me. Loving people and pleasing people are completely different things. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. This is Paul, and Paul says this, For am, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please Man, and this is what he says in the next verse. If I were still trying to please man, this is everybody, man, women, everybody, I would not be a servant of Christ. If I was trying to please people, it would be hard to serve Christ. 
But here's what Paul's doing. Paul says, if you want to please God, you're going to do what pleases God. But what Paul's doing here is he's telling you what his identity is. He's talking about pleasing people or pleasing God. He says, this is who I am. I'm a servant of Christ. I am here to please Jesus. I wrote this down if you're taking notes today. This is too good. But identity is crucial during a crisis. Identity is crucial during a crisis. We cannot have an identity crisis in a crisis. Now, we say it all the time at Avenue Church. If you know who you are, you'll know how to please God. If you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. Come on, somebody. Say, I know who I am. But I want to ask you today, do you know who you are? Do you know who I am? I'm married. I'm married to Pastor Lindsay. And that that's who I am. I am a married man. But can you imagine if I went on a date with another uh, woman uh, and, and you know, Pastor Lindsay said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I forgot. I forgot I'm married. I forgot who I was. Or can you imagine uh, me forgetting that I'm a father, which means I have responsibility. It means I can't just go on a California trip and leave my kids somewhere, or I can't just play video games all night and sleep all day and say, I forgot I'm a dad. Ah, but sometimes we forget who we are in Christ. Pandemics, we cannot have a crisis in a pandemic. And I'm here to tell you, if you know who you are in Christ, then you'll know what to do. That you'll have purpose in your life. You'll have vision for your life. That you're going to live your life on purpose and for purpose, making a difference to please God. Because he put that on the inside of you. And I believe with all my heart, I was praying for you this week, church, that you think that God is mad at you because you please people or you please your own personal pleasures. And you've been beating yourself up. And I just want to encourage you, God's not mad at you. There's so much love. There's so much grace. That God is excited that you're now on a journey in knowing who you are in Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. You've been saved. You've been redeemed. You are a child of God. So here's what the Bible says in Acts chapter 12. You got your Bibles out. And it continues on to say, Now when Herod was about to bring him out to kill him, on the very night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. I want you to catch this out. What was Peter doing? He was sleeping. Sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. One wrist was bound to a wrist of another soldier. This wrist was bound to the other soldier. And it said, The sentries before the door were guarding the prison. They're treating Peter like he's some mercenary, like a ninja about to get out of prison. And it's then, behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and the light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him. I wonder if this angel was his future wife, right? White got fool, you know? Struck Peter on the side, woke him, and said, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. He said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter was so surprised he didn't know what to do. So he said, follow me. And he went out and he followed him. He did not know what, what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. In verse 10, it says this, when they had passed the first and second guard, 
They came to the iron gate leading into the city. So there's another obstacle. And it says this, and it opened for them on its own accord. And they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel left him. And immediately the angel left him. So here's my second question for you today. Powerful story. But here's the second question. What are you doing? What are you doing? Who are you trying to please? But what are you doing? What have you been doing during the season? You see Peter, he's chained to two guards in the prison. And I want you to know back then prison wasn't a place for torture, but it was only a holding place before the execution. And so Peter was on death row. He's chained to two guards, and he wasn't freaking out. He wasn't sweet-talking them out. He wasn't yelling, I'm innocent. He was sleeping. He was sleeping. That's my kind of guy, all right? In the face of death, what's his response? He's taking a nap. He's sleeping. Oh, I'm about, I'm about to get killed. I'm going to lay down just for a second, all right? Give me a minute. So you know what this tells me? This tells me two things, that Peter was either ready to see his maker in heaven. He was ready to go. He said, this is my time. I'm going to take a little nap before I get to heaven. Or the second thing that he thought was he trusted in God, that he knew God had a plan for his life, and he knew God was going to get him out. And there's such a sense of peace in this portion of Scripture that he wasn't sleeping because he was depressed or angry or because he'd given up. He was sleeping because he had the peace of God in his heart. I love this quote I saw this week by Victor Hugo. It said, go to sleep in peace because God is awake. Go to sleep in peace because God is awake. Listen to me. God's a, he's been awake this entire time. But I want to ask you today, what are you doing? Are you lying awake at night full of worry and stress and fear? Or are you sleeping in peace? Are you pleasing or are you sleeping? Are you sleeping it out or are you freaking out that are you worried to death or are you praying through it i'm here to share with you guys today our response reveals our trust our response reveals our trust the way i respond reveals who i trust write that down in the comments today but here's what romans chapter 8 says for those who live according to the flesh this is what i'm going to do my worries my fears my desires my mindset we set our minds on the things of the flesh but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit i don't live according to facebook i don't live according to instagram fox news cnn i live on the word of god for to set Set the mind on the flesh is death. And this is not just death and you're out of here, out of this world. This is the death of worry, a death of fear, a death of anxiety, a panic. But it says, but to set the mind on the spirit on Jesus is life and of peace. Church, I found it. Set your minds on Christ and you begin to have peace. You begin to have peace. See, pandemics reveal mindsets. Pandemics reveal mindsets. And can I share with you, even uh, during this entire 2020, God, thank you for revealing my mindset. Thank you for revealing my fears, my anxiety. And God, when you reveal it, God heals it. Somebody needs to hear that. When God reveals it, God 
heals it. See, a mind that is set on God is on life and a peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding. Church, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. You know, my family, they hate my life quote. I, I say it all the time, and they're like, wrong time to say it, Jeremy. You know, but my quote is that your attitude determines your altitude. Your attitude determines your altitude. I believe by your attitude, you can make any bad situation much better. But I believe Peter had peace because he knew that the church was praying. And he knew that there was a God in heaven who loved him. That I'm neither swayed nor dismayed, but I'm going to pray. I'm neither swayed nor dismayed, but I'm going to pray. And here's what it says in Acts chapter 12. When Peter realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. Church, we haven't seen each other in person on a Sunday since March, we need to stay together. We need to stay together, and we need to continue to pray. This is huge. That's why we love small groups. That's why we love Zoom. That's why I love uh, small groups now outreaching. That's why watch parties on Sunday morning are so important. Shout out to the watch parties in North Vegas right now. Come on, somebody. But I want you to know that prayer is our first response. Not my first offense. It's my first response, not our opinions, not social media, but it's prayer. It's prayer. Instead of being swayed nor dismayed, we're going to pray and we're going to love people. Maybe you're asking today, Pastor, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Here's my plan. We're going to pray and we're going to love people. That's my plan right now. What are we going to do? We're going to pray and we're going to love people. Then we're going to make a difference by moving heaven and earth in our homes and loving people in our community. We're going to pray and we're going to love people. We're going to pray and we're going to love people. Now they're at Mary's house and they're praying for the release of Peter. Real quick, there's three different types of prayer. Number one, there's general prayers. Now, these prayers right here, these are prayers that we pray that are personal. God, heal, keep me healthy and safe. God, I pray for our community. God, I pray for, these are general prayers. But the second one is personal prayers. Now, this is personal. It's not me, 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 but personal saying, I specifically pray for my pastor. Or I, I need your prayers. Come on, somebody. Or I specifically pray for my neighbor or my city. These are personal prayers. But during this time, we need more of this. We need warfare prayer. At church, we need to move into the third type of prayer, which is warfare prayer. Ephesians says this, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil. And maybe you're watching this for the very first time. You're like, is this Harry Potter? What is this? No, it's not. This is real. That we have a earth that we live in, but man, there's some spiritual forces of evil. And we got to have warfare prayer. Warfare prayer in the heavenly places. Come on, Avenue Church. I'm neither swayed nor dismayed, but I'm going to pray. We will win in Jesus' name because I trust God and I trust Him to do what is best. Well, we have to pray. Pray against principalities and darkness. Pray against what is going on in this world. And here's continues continues on to say, it says this, 
And when Peter knocked at the door of Mary's house, of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. And I love this. And it says, recognizing Peter's voice, her joy, she did not open the gate, but she ran in. And she reported that Peter was standing at the gate. So she's excited. She hears him. She went, he's here, and ran. Let the dude hang it, all right? And they said to her, you are out of your mind, Rhoda, all right? I don't know what you've been doing. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it his his angel. They give him some spiritual answer. It's his angel. It's not really Peter there. But Peter continued knocking. And when they opened, they saw him and they were amazed. I love this. This is hilarious. A little girl said, I heard it was Peter and left him hanging. That scripture verse just gave some of you anxiety of leaving someone outside your front door that knocked like a minute ago. You know, uh, man, I'm here to tell you the spiritual one said, have you lost your mind? Do you not know we're over here praying for a miracle that we are anticipating for God to release Peter? But I want to ask you guys today, are you anticipating a miracle? Or are you already assuming it's not going to happen? Don't discount God's intervention. Don't discount God's intervention. And I feel like during this season, during 2020, Maybe you've been praying. Maybe you've been reading in our Bibles. Maybe you've been in our small groups. But I wonder if we've forgotten about God's intervention. So what will God do? Often we discount the intervention of God and we settle with, this is how it is. This is how it will always be. It's a great quote this week by F.B. Meyer. It says, the greatest tragedy of life is not unanswered prayer, but unoffered prayer. I'm going to ask you, church, what do you believe? What do you believe? You see, they didn't at first, and they didn't answer the door. I mean, I, I want to ask you today, what is right outside your door? You may be watching this and saying, all I do is pray, all right? I'm an intercessor. But then I want to challenge you, keep praying. We need you. I need you. But let me challenge you today and say, answer the door answer the door. How many times do we miss a miracle because of the inaction? Faith without works is dead. And so I want to challenge you, be prayed up, be ready, be expecting, but answer the door. And here's my last question for today is what if? It's what if? What if? Many of us, we've been asking this question, but in the most negative way. That maybe we say, what if this happens? Oh my goodness, what if you know, such and such takes place? What if I can't provide for my family? What if this happens and, and, I, and I get caught? What if this takes place? And I, wanna, I want you to start asking this today. Instead of just what if, I want you to start asking, what if God shows up? What if God does a miracle? Then what if I see the overflow 
in my life. That I bet my life that the church is in the house in Acts chapter 12. And they are praying that the rulers would change their mind. They're praying specific prayers that the next day that they'll just say, we change our mind. They'll see on social media or Facebook or Instagram. And that the headline will say, Herod made a mistake and releases Peter. Maybe that's what they were expecting. But instead... The overflow looked different. God spoke to an angel, sends an angel, frees Peter out of the prison. He shows up at the door that night, and they don't believe it. What if God does unbelievable things in your life in 2020? Because then God will get all the credit. And God will get all the glory. You know, during a pandemic, during all the different crises we're going through, what if God shows up? What if God removes the chains that have kept you from knowing God, from finding freedom, from discovering your purpose? That what if God does such a miracle in your life that those close to you but far from God encounter an amazing relationship with Jesus Christ? What if? What if God shows up? What does that look like for you today? Man, if you're willing, if you're brave enough, I want you to put in the comments, what if God, and put something in there. What if God saves my family? What if God heals my body? What if God restores my relationship? What if God, and I want you to type in something audacious, something so out of this world that if it happened, only God gets all the credit and all the glory. But church, we need each other. And here's what the Bible says in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 17. It says, so Joshua did as Moses told him. And Moses said, you're going to fight, but I got your back. I got your six. And he fought with Amalek. And these are the bad guys. So while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, and I love this portion. It says, whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. Israel was winning the battle. But whenever he lowered his hand, the bad guys prevailed. They began to win. But Moses' hand grew weary. And I feel like this is so many of us during this season. Man, the news, social media, even conversations, even some toxic relationships, even what's going on right now. I thought it was only temporary, but it feels permanent. But our hands are growing weary. So they took a stone, they put it under him, and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And it says this, so his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. He won the battle. Joshua was fighting, but Moses was worshiping and praying. Avenue, we cannot settle. We cannot quit. We cannot be swayed nor dismayed. We have to keep praying. We have to keep fighting. We have to keep trusting God. It's when people cried out to God. It's when people prayed. It's when people trusted God. Avenue Church, we believe in miracles. We believe in the overflow. God is still God, and he'll perform miracles in this season for the whole world to know and to see that he is Lord and King. Church, I believe in miracles. I believe God loves me and that miracles are coming our way. So type in today, 
I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. I believe God's going to do something exceedingly and abundantly, more than I'd asked for. God's going to do something incredible in my life. I believe in the overflow, not the overload. I believe in the overflow, not in the overload. Now, I want to close with this today, and I want to say thank you for being with us today. I want to close with what's said in Acts chapter 12. Peter's in prison, and it says this in Acts chapter 12, that the angel struck Peter on the side. I love that. Wake up. We got stuff to do. The angel struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. The chains fell off his hands. Maybe you, maybe you feel stuck or you feel chained. Even Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, stand therefore and don't be chained to sin again. Don't be in bondage again. For God has called you to live a life of freedom in Christ. But I love how supernaturally the chains fell off his hands. And I want to pray with you today. My prayer is the moment you open your heart, if you're watching this for the very first time or maybe you're in a tough place today, my prayer is the moment you say, Jesus, chains begin to fall off your heart. Chains of addiction, chains of depression, chains that have been holding you down, the chains in our life that have been keeping us from knowing God and from finding freedom, from knowing who we are in Christ, from our identity and our mindset so that we can discover our purpose so we can make an eternal difference. So let me pray with you today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. I thank you for every single person that's watching this today. And Father, thank you for the challenge today to pray and to love people. To pray and to love people. But Father, I want to speak to those that are watching today and you feel stuck. You feel like you're, you're, you've been put in a corner. You're, you've been put in a box that you have nowhere else to go that you feel chained down to an addiction, you feel chained down even just the worries of life, the fear and anxiety. The Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that chains will fall today in Jesus' name. That maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want to take a step towards a relationship with Jesus. I've known about religion, I've known about church, but during the season, I need a relationship with Jesus, my own personal relationship. And if that is you, I would love to help you pray a prayer today. And that prayer is not just joining our church. The prayer is joining into the kingdom of heaven. So with every head bowed and every eye closed at every watch party, on every device, on every TV screen today, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I need you. I want you to say, thank you for dying on the cross. Say, thank you for paying for what I did. So today, I receive your forgiveness. Say, forgive me of my sins and be Lord of my life. Say, the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know who I am. Come on, church. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody. Give a clap today. Give God a shout today. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, please text me at 702-727-8280, and I would be honored to know you took a step and if you're willing, I can help you find your next step so we can go on this journey together. So church, I love you and I'll see you again.